0: This is one-on-one's NFL Friday. bringing your weekly Jets, giants and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With the top guests, weekly fantasy advice and opinionated analysis, this is one-on-one's NFL Friday. Here now are Mac Rosenberg and Mike Watts.
1: Week 7 edition of the show welcome in one-on-one's NFL Friday. Mac Rosenberg alongside Kenny Ducey today filling in for Mike Watts. And, uh, of course, Mike's still basking in the glory that was the Cleveland Browns' first victory (laughs) of the season. Welcome in, WFUVsports.org. We're in the iTunes Music Store as well. And uh, Kenny has it going. Uh, Talking about the Thursday night game last night. How much of that did you catch? And... uh, we had the Niners now at 5-2, and two, finally playing a division yeah. game
2: in Week 7. Yeah, well, I was actually at the Brooklyn Nets game for FUV, ah, okay. but I had it on my NFL mobile there. there you go. Watching. Very low scoring, and I actually heard the announcers say that we saw a lot of big offensive plays, but the score was 3-3 three to three at that point. So it's just <laughs> funny how it was
1: working. But, hey, Frank Gore ran all over the Seahawks. That was nice to see. Frank Gore is unbelievable last night with he still what has he was it. doing. Uh, he didn't – I mean, he ended up getting over 100 yards, but for a lot of that game it was ground and pound, which obviously – a lot of uh, a lot of Jet fans are used to seeing. But, uh, yeah, Frank Gore has really come into his own, and it's about time because of the way that Alex Smith has played this year. Not great, but, I mean, you, th- th- this team is anchored by its running game and its defense. It's a ground-and-pound defensive football team, and they showed it last night. They were losing 6-3 for most of the game. They win 13-6 over Seattle, who, uh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an NFC West guy, and I can tell you right now that the Seattle Seahawks have no no wide receivers. They just have no passing game. Russell Wilson is a rookie. Yeah. He is starting to to play more like a rookie. I mean, it's a shame that he doesn't have any any big time weapons yeah. on this team to throw to. I
2: mean, there is some they're not big time weapons, yeah. I'm gonna agree with you. But you know, a guy like Sidney Rice, we've seen him make big plays, especially with Brett Favre. You got Doug Baldwin, and I like Golden Tate, and Golden Tate wasn't involved last night, but still there is there's a core there. To build on, but I understand what you're saying, and I think at some point last night the 49ers woke up and said, "Hey, these are the Seahawks. This is Russell Wilson. Let's get our act together. You know, we're we're one of the top five teams in the league."
1: They had a first down in the second quarter. They didn't have one until uh, until early, <laughs> early in the. Or I think they had one in the first, and then didn't have one all second quarter, and finally broke through in the second half. But just to take you inside the Seattle receiving game, one guy has at least 20 catches going into last night's game. That's Sidney Rice. He had 20 catches going into last night's game. Through six weeks, twenty catches—that's awful. I, I yeah. mean, that, that plain and simple. That is awful. I think the NFC West is a complete, complete crapshoot at this point in the season. Uh, but anyway, let's check on the standings from last week. Uh, Mike, after a seven and zero week in Week Five, came flying back down to earth. He went three and four last week. I, however, went six and one. So uh, a little interesting. Uh, Movement atop the standings. Nick went 4-3. and three. Julian went 4-3. and three. Of course, Nick Legerfo, Julian Atienza on the other side of the glass every week with us. And Kenny went 2-5 and five last week. You know, a rookie I in terms almost, of making picks this year. Almost got that Raiders-Falcons pick. You almost got it, and you almost show. got the Cowboy pick. So you yeah. were a couple of... Uh, you were a couple of plays away from winning a couple more well, games well, there. Well, of course, Julian was a whole half away from taking the uh, San Diego Chargers. Oh, he took them. And that, that was another debacle in San Diego. Don't be surprised if North Turner's gone at the end of the season. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, at the top of the standings now, Mike's still there, but he's only two games up now. He's 25 and 14. A three way tie for second place. Nick, Julian, and Mac. Twenty-three and sixteen, and maybe we can get start getting Kenny into the standings, but obviously you'd have to you'd have to pick a lot of games to get up to where we are. You're two and five now, so uh we will see about that. Uh let's get to the local teams and start off with the Jets, a big time matchup in New England. And of course, Joe Vidiello with his weekly gangrene report.
3: Last Sunday, the Jets pounded the Colts thirty five nine with Sean Green leading a rejuvenated ground game. He finished with 161 yards and three touchdowns, as Gang Green successfully returned to their ground-and-pound style. It didn't take long for the Jets to look ahead to this week's opponent, the New England Patriots, as players such as Antonio Cromartie commented right after the Colts game about this huge division matchup.
4: This is a division game. Uh, it's going to be a hard-fought game between two teams that dislike each other. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, man, we, we you just got to go out there and just play as a group, play as a unit, and just play football the best at, best way we know how. It's been an interesting week for Gang Green since linebacker
3: Calvin Pace accused the Patriots of using a borderline illegal defense. Rumors swirled that Tim Tebow may be used as a running back on Sunday after backups Bilal Powell and Joe McKnight missed back-to-back back practices. And Rex Ryan appears to be warming to the idea of kissing Bill Belichick's rings.
0: I don't think I'm the best head coach in the league right now. I think he is. He continued. Let's face it. You know, we know he's got all the rings and and everything else, and and uh, you know the records. And I just think, but when it's all said and done, when you look at his what he's accomplished in his his coaching career as a head coach. Is probably going to be there. Probably won't be anybody close to him.
3: The bad news for Dan is that unlike the Colts last week, the Pats have one of the top rushing defenses in the league. However, the good news is they have one of the worst passing defenses in the league. If the Jets want to win this game, Mark Sanchez needs to take advantage of this. I know I'm going to be called out of my skull for saying this, but my prediction: Jets 23, Pats 20, covering the. I am Joe Vidiello, WFUV Sports.
1: And we thank Joe Vidiello, Weekly Jets Report. Well, we know Mike Watt's not here today. He's got a lot on his plate doing Fordham soccer today. I believe he's got a doubleheader. But yep. he had time to, to you know, to relay the message that, of course, Joe Vidiello is indeed out of his skull, which he called uh, Joe Vidiello out of his skull back in week one. So obviously that message has not changed. Uh, That's optimism then. I guess I guess that's opposite. We, we know I'm a St. Louis Rams fan. We know Mike Watts is a big Cleveland Browns fan. Kenny Ducey a huge Jets fan. And uh, well, take it away. W- you know what? What are your well, thoughts on the Jets after the Colts game, going into the Patriot game now? Well, I think it should be said that you said the Jets have a five right. Oh, wait, 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 tell the listener. I believe the Jets have about a five, maybe five to eight, or maybe ten percent <laughs> chance of winning this football game. And I just think it's plain to see. I I and and the only reason I give them that chance is because of the way not the Jets are playing, the way the Patriots have been playing. That's absolutely ridiculous. They lose to the Cardinals, the Raven. Okay, I'll give them the Ravens and the Seahawks. the The, the New England Patriots, folks, zero two in the NFC West right now, and they haven't faced the Forty ers or or the Rams. I guess that 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 should be said. That
2: means they're not playing well. But but the Jets exactly. on the other hand are coming off a great game. Against against the Colts, all right, who there beat, you go. Who beat what? The Packers. Who
1: people that are saying momen- team? That was a momentum win, Kenny. That 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 does not give. I, I think that hey. to be honest with you, go after that game against the Colts. After that game for the Colts and, pa- and Packers, the Colts were given a little bit of credibility. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, Andrew Luck first big time comeback. Now let's see what they can go on the road and do. And they couldn't do anything. Well, so they lost all credibility. Now
4: you go I, on the I road mean, against
1: the Jets, and there's nothing.
2: You beat the Patriots. Uh, you beat the Packers. That's a big. That's a big win. That was you a huge win. You can't take that away. No, from them. I can't.
1: Um, I won't so, take it away from them but, at all. But let's but, talk about the Jets.
2: Okay. Now, when you said they had a five percent, sh- just just to let the listeners, I left the studio. I could not believe that Max said this. Now, I. You see Mark Sanchez, okay, now maybe he didn't, he had 100 yards, but you saw that touchdown pass he threw to Stephen Hill. Very nice throw, very nice pass. He he is, when he gets time in the pocket, he can make nice throws. Now, there are a couple things that trouble me about this Patriots defense. You got guys who can strip the ball. We've seen Sanchez
4: lose the ball when he's back there in the pocket. They got him solid defensively.
2: Yeah, Spikes, Jones, Ninkovich. So if the offensive line once again does their part like they did against Indianapolis, we could see. A good a good offensive performance from the Jets against the Patriots. Now, the Patriots, for anybody who plays fantasy, 31st. So they are dead last in allowing points to quarterbacks. They have a pretty bad pass defense. They're allowing 289 uh, per game. The Patriots. Yes, the Patriots. So, Mark Sanchez could have a good game. We saw what the ground and pound did. Now, again, that front line, Will Fork, Mayo, and Spikes, that's going to be tough to get by, but that's why you pay Nick Mangold the big bucks, man. That's why you have Mangold on that team. If they can power through, there's no doubt in my mind they can win this game. If they can power run, that's the key, though, because if they run, they can throw. And I think the guy who they need to go to running the ball Ugh. is Timothy Tebow. Oh, I God.
1: I was giddy today. I've never heard him called Timothy Tebow, by the way.
2: I was giddy today when I, when
1: I was just thinking about him running the ball and getting the handoff. <laughs> Oh, well, that's about the most giddy you're gonna get, because I can tell you right now it's not gonna happen. He's a power runner. Let me let me let me throw some numbers at you here. Uh, hold on a sec. Here we go. All right. Twentieth, twenty-ninth, thirtieth, and fifteenth. Those are the ranks of the of the Jets offensive categories. They've almost scored less points a game than they are ranked in that category. They've scored twenty two points a game, they're ranked twentieth. That's awful. they 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 you know what I'll give them credit in the passing game. You know they're ranked 29th, but let's be honest. The NFL is now a passing league. It, it's changed back into a passing league. More of a ground. The, the running backs are more grounded pound now than I think they've ever been before. They they average almost 300 yards passing per game. That's that's pretty good for me. I'll take that. Sad part of that is it's 29th in the league. But you know I think that num- that number is skewed. Um, oh, I, I'm I'm sorry. Excuse me. That was actually total yards. Excuse me. That was to- So they only excuse average 300 total yards. Passing yards is 185. So that's not that's not good. And the only reason that they average over hundred yards per game now is because of what they did last week. I tell you right now that they averaged less than hundred yards per game at before last week. Sean Green and you know what, Kenny, you better agree with me on this. Sean Green is awful. Me and Mike is that no. He's me and Mike good. have been talking all year. We we cannot stand Sean Green. And uh yeah, he was solid. Back when they had Thomas Jones, it was a very good compliment. Sean Green has no good compliment right now in that backfield. Bilal Powell, no. Joe McKnight, no. Joe McKnight can be, yes. I Joe think. McKnight can be, he, but he, I, he hasn't been getting the carries. We're pretty sure he's not playing this week. Yes. Yeah. Julian, he's, is he's that not, right? He's not. Yeah.
2: He's not playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, well they, Co- Coach Rex Ryan did that, not rule. Yeah. And I, I don't think out. Powell's
1: playing. Yeah, I think Powell's, Powell's definitely
2: definitely not playing. McKnight, so, there's a chance McKnight plays. The Jets
1: are going to be. Let's face it, the Jets are going to be relying on Sean Green a lot and, in this game.
2: And well, first of all. They are 8-0 when they have at least 30 rush attempts dating back to last year. Since the beginning of last uh-huh, season. That, that's, but, a,
1: that's an interesting yeah, stat.
2: But the Pats uh, only allowing a yard after contact. So it's going to be tough for Green. But let me throw some numbers out here with Mark Sanchez. Because you okay. know I love to talk about yeah. Mark Sanchez. No. And I give him credit. He, he is third in the AFC in average throw distance. Two touchdowns and no picks. And a better completion percentage on a deep ball than RG3, Rodgers, and Matt Ryan. Okay, oh, yeah, all right. and yeah. Pats have given up thirteen pass plays of thirty yards or more. Well, you
1: said AFC; those are the other three guys are in the Well, NFC. In, in the NFL, I'm okay. saying he okay. has a better
2: deep ball completion okay. than all the three of those guys. But I'm um, so I'm saying, Mark Sanchez has the potential
1: to have a good game you know, this week. He's I, got the good matchup. I give Mark Sanchez a lot of credit because I'm one of those guys who's been on the fence about him, not knowing, you know, which way he's going. He's in, he's wildly wildly inconsistent, but he's finally starting to maybe get somewhere. And I give him credit because I like the guy. I think he's a competitor. I think he's a team player, he's a good leader on this team, and people don't give him enough credit for that. Thank you. Um, But, you know, know, let's throw out all the numbers because we just threw around a lot of numbers. The Patriots are coming off a huge letdown in Seattle, okay? Tom Brady is at home where you know i think the records still stand no well because they lost to the cardinals at home this year so that throughout the home winning streak i'm pretty sure they had a, a, an unbelievable home winning streak before that cardinal game the new england patriots coming off losses i mean let's face it you know they 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 should they shouldn't have much of a problem in this game. I just don't see them having much of a problem. I gotta give the Jets credit for the way they played against Indianapolis. I give them credit for the way they played against Houston because they had they were in if that. They game. played a good game. Against they Houston. just couldn't. They just couldn't make that one extra play. That was the problem. They couldn't. They, I mean, they you know Mark Sanchez looked great in that game. He had no weapons yeah, to throw I, to I in I that thought, game, and he you. looked great. Um, but you know they didn't have a running game in that game last week. They had everything going. To me, the key for the the Jets, and let's let's you know let's get down to it here. The key for the Jets is going to be no mistakes on offense because the defense is going to be suspect in this game, I believe. It's been suspect, you know, it was suspect against the Niners. It was, it was, eh, it was okay against the Texans, and obviously they played fine against the Colts. But the defense is going to be suspect, so no, Mark Sanchez cannot make a mistake. Sean Green cannot no. fumble the ball. Sean Green has got to have positive yardage. That's the bottom line.
2: Yeah, and the Patriots, they actually, you know, I was knocking them for their pass defense, but they have a lot of takeaways this season. I think they're in the top ten in the NFL, but you look at this defense, you're going to have Cromartie covering, you're going to have him covering Aaron Hernandez probably for spots, and also Lloyd. So you have to wonder what the Jets are going to want to do with the other players in that secondary. Are they going to put Langster on a guy like Lloyd at some time, or do they have enough faith In Wilson, so when Camardi drifts off uh, Lloyd, they'll put—or who are they going to put on Wes Welker? There's so many questions in this secondary with the
1: corners. Whether or not—it doesn't matter how many games the Patriots have lost this year. Fact is, they still have all those weapons to throw to. Two tight ends. Aaron Hernandez is back. He had a touchdown last week. Welker, you know, is is doing—I believe he had a long touchdown pass reception last week. Fact is, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. I mean, I don't care how many—I really don't care how many games this team has lost and who they've lost to. Sure, those have been huge letdowns, but when it comes down to it, the Jets uh, or the Patriots shouldn't have a problem in this game.
2: Yeah, and uh, Tom Brady threw 58 times in the last game against Seattle. Yeah, that
1: was a huge problem.
2: And the Jets' strength
1: is their pass defense. They were fifth going in the last week. I have a problem with the way the Patriots played that game, e- even if they won, because, uh, you know, here in that stat, 58 times— the Patriots, times. folks, the Patriots this year, and this is probably the, the biggest, this is probably the only thing, this is the biggest difference this year between the Patriots teams of this year and every other year in this decade, they have a running game. It's unbelievable. They do. It is unbelievable. Steven Ridley, Brandon Bolden, Shane Vereen, who are these guys? They are running backs of the patriots that are producing it's unbelievable
2: this is no this is no uh, fred taylor you fred know fred taylor
1: no. kevin falk antoine uh, antoine How about Corey, smith cory dillon remember, remember Corey oh, dillon all these names just throw them out we have young viable how, uh, speed speed guys, running backs. It's unbelievable. And they didn't utilize them against Seattle.
2: Because well, you got, to, I mean, you got Seattle one of, does
1: have a great defense, though.
2: I mean, people will call Tom Brady one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got him. You do have him. On. But once again, six. The Jets only allowing an average of 209 passing
1: and, yards per yeah, game. And that leads me to the key for the Patriots is going to be running the football, which they've done yeah. extremely effectively this year.
2: Yeah, I, I think they Stephen can Ridley, do Jets twenty eighth uh, with rushing yards to opponents one hundred fifty per game that, so that's that's how you have to go that's
1: gonna I mean uh, you know what personally Kenny you mentioned the uh, the Jets passing defense that you throw that out the window when you're facing Tom Brady no offense you, you, yeah. I mean that's, come on I, I think I think I don't... now
2: now given now given early in the season you might say okay well Revis was a little bit of a you know a little bit help but they shut down Schaub. Schaub was a pretty good he only threw for I think two hundred nine yards luck last week well and also that was because they didn't have Donald Brown but you look at the safety play, I personally think that the the additions back there of Jeremiah Bell and LaRon Landry have been big for them. Yeah. Kyle Wilson's not playing too badly this year. They have a lot going for them. I, I, I don't, it's all about that front line. It's all about protecting the run because I think that they can get that secondary help. And if Maben shows up, if Pace shows up, some of these pass rushers, yeah. Yeah. Brady gets pressured, he makes some bad throws, this could be a good pass, pass defense. So I agree with you. Pats need to run the ball. All right, let's pick this
1: game. Go ahead.
2: I got the Jets. I got the Jets, and it's gonna be a. It's because Rex Ryan, four and three against the Patriots in his career. That is the yeah. most wins out of any NFL head coach in the last four years. He gets up for the Patriots. He loves playing them. You know, he's been game planning probably for two weeks for this game. I'm
1: gonna go with the Jets. I'm gonna say they win, um, twenty four twenty one. Wow, and you know, it's 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 funny because I'm gonna pick the Patriots, but listen, the Jets. No matter what kind of team they seem to have, they always play close games against. They're always hanging around with yeah. the Patriots. They're always hanging around. I, I don't have the you know the, the previous meetings in front of me, but I know that that it's always a close game. So I, I'm going to pick the Patriots. You know, just because um, you know their home home field advantage is big in, in New England. They're coming off a really really tough loss. They've got to get back on the winning. They've got to get some consistency going. And I just overall, I mean, I, I think it's clear that the Patriots are the better football team. So I will go with the Patriots. A uh, very close, similar score to what you said. You said 24-21 yeah. Jets. I'm going to say 23... I'll say 23-16 Patriots. Okay. And this game, 4-1st place in the AFC East.
2: Now, now, You know, That's you don't know what State. Miami and Buffalo it, it, are going to be. And also, division, Jets, it's if the Jets win this game, they're 3-0 and in the un- AFC East. That would be unbel- big. It,
1: it would be huge, especially because you get that win against the England. Yeah. All right, so that puts a wraps on the Jets talk for this week. Let's get to those Giants. And without further ado, let's see what Eric Malo has in store for us his
4: weekly Giants report. The Giants made a statement last week on the West Coast, crushing the 49ers in their top defense, 26-3. They face another tough test this week as the Washington Redskins make their way up to the New Meadowlands. Washington competes, but they don't pose the same type of challenge the Giants faced last Sunday. The Redskins have a high-powered offense, led by sensational rookie quarterback Robert Griffin III, someone the Giants have to keep an eye on for all four quarters.
0: Robert Griffin III has energized their offense, they've, uh, they've done a lot with creativity, You know, he runs the option, just pulls the ball down in a drop back fashion and uh, and runs and gets outside and no one can catch him.
4: Despite sitting atop the NFC East with a 4-2 record, the Giants still have a good amount to prove in this game. They're 0-2 in the division, and if they drop to 0-3 this Sunday? The run for the playoffs will be all the more challenging come December. Their defense also has to prove last Sunday wasn't an anomaly. While they beat up on San Fran, they're just 14th in the league in sacks, and their inconsistent secondary has been exposed through most of the season. The Skins' high-powered offense is a good test for Big Blue. Can they prove two weeks running that their D is a force to be reckoned with, or will they come out soft and give up their spot in first place? It will come down to Eli as it usually does. But I do think the defense will play a big part in the Giants winning on Sunday. My prediction, Giants 31, Redskins 20. The Giants know what they have to prove. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Mallow WFUV Sports.
1: And thanks to Eric Mallow Weekly Giants Report, Mack Rosenberg, Kenny Ducey, one-on-one's NFL Friday Week 7 edition here. At WFUVsports.org, dot org, and of course in the iTunes Music Store. By the way, Jets picks uh, Nick takes the Patriots, and Julian. Of course, every week he takes the Jets, so he'll he'll God, take I the love Jets. It, Julian. So I take the Patriots. Kenny's got the Jets. Mike picks the Patriots. Nick Nick picks the Patriots. Julian takes the Jets. So two Jets fans taking the Jets, and now the Giants, who last week played a perfect game. I mean, let, let's be honest, they yep. played oh, as close to, a, to a perfect football game as you can. Six sacks, three interceptions. I mean, it's it's amazing the injuries on this team and what they're doing in the secondary. You guys have you guys have Adrian Tracy in the secondary. Who is that exactly? And <laughs> uh, we were talking about it. Uh, I was talking with Eric Mallow before the show, and we were talking about this secondary and Prince Amukamara. I think it's time, you know, injured for most of last season, his rookie year. Finally, he's healthy this year, and he gets this interception in this game. And you know what? With Kenny Phillips out, with Terrell Thomas out, secondary is obliterated. It's time for Prince and Mukumar, I think, to step up in this secondary.
2: Yeah, and I've said it a lot. This is a team where fans will get excited when Michael Coe, you know, comes on the field, right. or if he He's gets hurt, people are worried about yeah. Michael Coe. So, hey, I mean, look, they are 21st in a, in you know limiting the opponent to passing yards, 256 per game, but it has improved lately, and we were talking before the show it is going to be vital for them to stop RG3. I'm going to throw a study here, Mac, this is unbelievable. We
1: like to play with numbers, here. Yeah. We, we
2: really do. RG3, he has a 10% incompletion rate. So only 10% of his passes have been overthrown or underthrown. That is remarkable. His, because of the fact that he runs the ball so well, that he has that accuracy with his passing, it, it's just unheard of. Yeah. I I I think that he's... RG3
1: is a special guy and I I'll, I I you know I'll I'll admit I did not like him coming into the NFL. I thought he was going to be another type of guy. I looked I I remember seeing, you know, him and Michael Vick have the same type of stature and they do the same thing. They run the football, but so far RG3 has done a great job. And though well, the key in this game, let's face it, we know Eli Manning is going to come to play because I I personally think and we know they got swept last year. I think Eli Manning was a different quarterback last year. I really do. I think this is the year. This is the year. Like obviously coming into last year, he said he was elite and all that stuff. I still think that this year he's he's really now taking the next step. And this now now everybody expects it of him. It's a lot different. Last year nobody really you know nobody was saying oh Eli's going to be top five in the league, yeah. but he was. And now now that second year, coming off of the top five year, is like okay now he is established. Now we're expecting it of him. It- and uh, I think I've seen, and he's, and he's come to the occasion. He
2: has, and I've I think early in the season we saw him. That pressure got to him a little bit. Saw the Cowboys game; they lose to the Cowboys. The Buccaneers game, he looked terrible in the first half before he turned it around. So this is a guy who early on in the season I think he was trying to he still hadn't come to the realization of hey, I'm you know I'm this top five elite quarterback, right? And he really played like last week. We're talking so much about Eli and, and the great job he's doing. How about the running game? Yeah. Mike? Oh man, the first four weeks of the season they were averaging. Just under four yards per rush. Uh, they were they like had, the Jets. Yeah, basically <laughs> yards before contact. They had 166. The last two weeks, they run for 392 yards, five and a half per rush, and 283 per, before contact. So, Granted,
1: they did face the Browns, but for Ahmad Bradshaw to rush for 200 yards again in the Brown in that Browns game yeah. was
2: absolutely he huge. looks great.
1: David Wilson had a
2: couple big runs the last yeah. couple of weeks. I mean, he's starting to every come into his own. And kick returning, he's been doing as long as he can
1: keep the ball and right. as and long not as he bubble, can hold on to the football. I mean, I mean the Giants team's looking good. The Giants' big weaknesses, uh, at least in the last like two years or so, secondary because of the injuries, and in in this in the return game, they have been awful. Uh, but finally, a guy like David Wilson coming in and really providing a nice spark because he could be the running back of the future. But he's the kick returner of the present, without a doubt. He is a special teamer, and he's he, you know he he's exciting to watch. There's no well, doubt about that. And you know it's great to see what Ahmad Bradshaw has done. Finally well, healthy, finally do you know living up to what you know what we know that he you know, what we w- there were questions about what he could do, but he's finally taking the load and he's he's really he's doing a great job. I want to get
2: your take on this, Mac. Thursday. Yesterday, David Wilson told Newsday he thought he was going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, <laughs> so he has a couple big games. And all of a sudden, I was saying I'm going to be a Hall of Fame running back. Oh man, I don't know if I like that. I
1: don't know if I like, especially
2: it either. since early in the season he was. People were saying, well, "What a bust! This oh, guy, man. disappointment, I, I, fumbling." Now he's saying he, I, I he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Just, I
1: really don't like when the people in the NFL do this, and it's it seems like it's only in the NFL, where you have that that, that like. That that big guy mentality, you know? It happened with with LaShawn McCoy and, and O.C. and that. And that's fine. That That's, you know, that's friendly. Well, McCoy is more, I think, more talented than David Wilson Yeah, at this but point, I don't think – you, you, you judge leaders in the NFL based on, you know, the way they go about things. And, and you know, that just – I shake my head when I hear something like that. It happens – it really does happen in the NFL a lot where you have, you know – this, this, just the, the the attitude of some of the players coming out and like you know the smack talk and stuff like that. But oh yeah, man, I'm gonna be a hall of famer, man. You know, like I just I, why? I mean, you, you know what? He's trying to stir the pot, and I just, I just, just keep your mouth shut, man. You're a rookie. Yeah. You have not proven a thing yet. You're starting to prove yourself, but it's six games, six games, and it's RG three did the same thing this year. Came out first, you know, two or three games, he made it seem like he's been playing this league forever. Shake my head at that. Talented player, talented football player, yeah, yeah. a lot of potential. Keep your head on straight. Keep your mouth shut.
2: Now, to be the greatest, you have to have some sort of arrogance in you. No, okay? I. Yeah, you have
1: to have an ego. That's but, fine. We learn it. We learn it in our business. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But you have to have the ego, but you don't have to like. You don't have to show it so much. You have to have confidence right. in yourself. But that's fine. That's fine. But going out there and saying you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's yeah.
5: Let's talk about something. Else. David
2: David Wilson's leading the league in rushing yards halfway through his rookie season. I wouldn't have as much a problem with him saying this. It's just the fact that not only has he only had about one, I think one good game, I would say, but the fact that he fumbled and he had co- it were costly fumbles for the Giants early on in the year. I mean, this was you were not playing well. So why do you say this and why do you come out? And proclaim yourself as this great, especially when you're not even the starting back, not even the ba- not even the backup. Really, Andre Brown, when he gets healthy, I bet it'll be the backup.
1: Bottom line is the NFL is a league where you have to do things consistently good for a long time. David Wilson has 15 carries in his NFL career. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's get back to the Redskins game here. It's going to be about RG3, and it's going to be about the Giants secondary because what happens is RG3 will run the football just beyond effectively. He's he's a great runner. He has the ability in space to make plays. It's going to be about the Giants' secondary. I want to see the way Tom Coughlin and the way Perry Fuel can can come up with some some secondary blitzes because I think that's going to be the key, how the secondary and how even the linebackers play on RG3. We know the, I, the defensive line will be fine in this game for the Giants. Well, I, I have utmost confidence in the defensive line. Well, it's going to be about the secondary and the linebackers. Once RG3 gets up, into that second level when he's running the football, it's going to be about See, forcing turnovers, forcing the ball out, and making plays.
2: It is, and the Giants held the Niners to 80 yards last week, and that's Frank Gordon. and kind of we were talking about it at the top yeah. of the show. They are very talented. They run all in San Francisco sometimes. but you got Rocky Bernard out, Michael Bowley's questionable, so there are yeah. there is a, a a faded question mark over this game. It's not really that much of a question mark for the Giants up front, but you have to wonder if the if Bowie's out and Bernard's out what that's going to do to the line but i still think that this defense showed me last week because i was sitting here on this show on one on one everywhere saying the 49ers They're ready to go. They're at home. The Giants don't know what's coming. The Giants just shut them down defensively.
1: We were all saying that. I was very, very impressed. Everybody was extremely impressed last week. It was unbelievable. So I'm in
2: in no position right now to say that Michael Boley potentially being out is going to affect this game in a negative manner. No, yeah. Not after last week. I mean, you know, they grounded pound 149 yards on the ground, 80 yards. They held the uh, Niners to... Rushing, they they did it all last week,
1: and you know I think it. You know, believe it or not, I think that you have to take the role the view that the Jets fans took after the Colts beat the Packers, and then the Colts are coming into New York. Listen, the Colts probably couldn't have had a better game than they had against the Packers. The Giants probably. To be honest with you, they probably won't have much much of a better game all season. I personally don't think that they'll have a better game all season than they want to get the Niners. It's just almost impossible to have back to back games like that. I don't think they'll have as good a game as that against the Niners against the Reds. Because I know it sounds crazy, but I mean it's just very hard to do. It's very very hard to do to go out there and have back to back games like that.
2: And I was talking about last week. This is and the reason to touch a big game because this is vital because this part of the season is where their schedule is the easiest. They got Washington, Dallas, Pittsburgh. Now these aren't easy teams, but yeah. But look at who they have to end the season. Green Bay, yeah. Washington, New Orleans, Atlanta, Baltimore, Philly. Okay? Whew. Those last yeah. six teams maybe if Green Bay doesn't perform, maybe if Washington doesn't perform, and maybe even New Orleans. But Atlanta, Baltimore, Philly to end the year, that's absurd. Yeah. They need to win early because there's a there's a big question mark at the end of that schedule. Do they come out strong? Because you saw last year they had the easy end of the season. They had a very um very impressive end of the season and they rode that momentum into the playoffs. I don't know if the same thing's gonna happen this year. So they really need to rise to the top of the NFC East early.
1: Yeah, uh, and don't doubt a guy by the name of Alfred Morris. This guy, and I know because he's on my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> he's actually having a really solid rookie year. I mean they they gave him a shot in in training camp, and he's been the starting yeah.
2: starting well, running back. Roy Hallou is hurt. Yeah, That's I mean, you,
1: and Tim Hightower's out too. So I would give I would I would certainly focus some attention on him, on Alfred Morris. I think
2: I think he could have a good game. I, I mean, not against this. I don't think that the Giants are necessarily going to let him run for 110 no, yards. No, if anyone's going to
1: run for over 100 yards, RG three. Yeah,
2: just um, just focus
1: on touchdown, maybe at the goal line. I would focus on forcing RG three to pass the football. I, I would. Even I mean, even
2: with that 10 percent, it's unbelievable. He's completed 70 percent
1: of his passes. It really is un unreal. Only 10 percent of, of, of his passes have been
2: off target. You're going to say that 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 they think that you can stop? They can stop I,
1: him? It's here's the question: Would you rather would you rather deal with RG three on the ground or through the air? I really rat would rather deal with them through the air. Make uh, well, them make mistakes through Well, Pierre Garcon the air. is out,
2: so Josh Morgan's number one receiver. Now I like Josh Morgan a lot, but so
1: that and, him that, and that's Fr- and that, there's the answer. Morgan and Davis make them go through the air. Make yeah. them go through the air. All yeah. right, let's pick this game. Giants are home, one o'clock game. It's it's going to be it's it's going to be a lot harder, I think, than the Niners game. I I I, I do believe that. I just don't think you will f- come across a game like the Niners game ever again this year. Um, but I will. I'll stick with the Giants. It's not believe it or not I think the Redskins are going to the really the Redskins are going to put up a good fight in this game. I'll oh, say I'll say Giants 17 to 14.
2: I like the Giants
1: 27 to 21. Okay, so you think a little bit more high scoring game.
2: Yeah, and which is surprising, but I still think that they have both teams have offensive weapons. RG3 you know is going to put up at least a couple touchdowns.
1: Okay. Okay. Um Kenny takes the Giants. Mike takes the Giants. Nick takes the Giants. Big Giant fan that Nick is. And uh, Julian takes the Giants. We're all taking the Giants. I... I almost don't want to pick them to be honest, because I just think this is one of those games.
2: It, it had it smells like, like a such a game.
1: such a perfect game against the Niners in San Francisco. You figure there's no way they lose to the Redskins. Sa- same way the
2: Jets get up for the Patriots. I think the Redskins really get up. for the I Giants. will
1: not be surprised at all if the Redskins win this football game. I almost want to pick them, but I'll I'll just move on and pick the Giants here. All right, let's get to some general NFL talk now. We're going to start off with uh, power rankings. We're each going to pick the top five team in the league. And uh, let's start with number five. We'll go five and then and then okay. go down. So who's your number five team in the league right now?
2: My number five team in the league is the Ravens. Um, okay. This is the tough one. It, I was battling between the Ravens and the Niners for this for this fifth spot, but I just think the Niners, even though they're 4-2 and, and the Ravens are 5-1, and one, they have a lot of weapons. And I said it last week, that Ravens run defense is really deteriorating. Now you lose uh, Webb, you lose yeah. Ray Lewis. That's, I can't, that's a shame. I can't see them being better than the 49ers with a full – uh, a full defense, healthy defense. Patrick Willis, Frank So he did last week. I got to go with the Niners. Based on and, what oh, you I, said. I just gave you my four, but Ravens are five.
1: Back to five. Uh, based on what I heard you say on one-on-one last week, I'm surprised you didn't put the Ravens at number 32. But anyway. Hey, I, Ray Lewis, I said Ray Lewis uh, was declining. Uh, let's not go there because that, that was a discussion. And what happened, Mac? That season. was quite a discussion. Yeah, all right. Well, I was right. My number five team is the Houston Texans because – Anytime you let Aaron Rodgers do that to you, and we talked, I've we talked so much about this Texans defense, even without Mario Williams this year. Now they lose Brian Cushing, and man, did it hurt last week not having Brian Cushing. So I go with the Texans, number five. Come on. Number four, you said the Niners. Yep. I say the Niners as well. Um, their their offense has got to find a passing game. I mean, I know I know Alex Smith is a, is that game manager. We always like to say game manager, game manager, but he's got to, he's got to make a little bit of a next step cuz Frank Gore's helping him out a lot of the running game. He's got to get things yeah. going. I want to see Randy Moss. I still think Randy Moss has something left. I
2: do. And they'll be
1: confused. I'm with a Alex believer. Smith the sports manager, it's Alex Smith the game manager. Rats, of course, that's very true. Um I <laughs> I like I like their young receivers. Delaney Walker is a guy. Michael Crabtree's finally getting going. They gotta get something going through you, the year. You know what I'm upset with? Vernon Davis didn't get a target last Vernon, night. Vernon Davis, you always forget about Vernon. I, I, Alex I, Smith I always forget about Vernon I completely Vernon Davis. forgot. There <laughs> you go.
2: He never throws to him. Yeah. And Vernon Davis was saying. What am I supposed to do? Biggest, hes not getting open.
1: Biggest deep ball threat on this team is Vernon Davis. Yeah.
2: and, and he, but the defenses are game planning him, game yeah. planning for him, and that's—he's not getting to. open. So they the offensive, to.
1: the offensive coordinator needs to do something different. Yeah. Number three—who's your number three? My number three is the Houston Texans. I okay. can't believe
2: you put him down so
1: low. Yeah, I just think that this defense is reeling right now. Their running game wasn't doing too well last week either. Foster had a couple touchdowns, but he had like fifty yards on the ground. Yeah, but let get it this well. way, Mac—they're
2: at least going to be. I think they're going to be at least the third seed in the NFC in the champ- in the playoffs, because okay. you know you know they got uh, or sorry AFC you know they got the AFC well set locked I up.
1: I picked them to sweep their division at the beginning that was my one of my bold predictions they, they got they got the division locked up yeah. at this point. oh yeah I, I, I completely agree and
2: it's uh, it's only the seven week seven and I still think they they easily are going to win yeah. and Indy's not catching them look that Cushing hurts and, yeah, that's, why not, and that's why they're not then that's why really they're not my number does. two team that's why they're not my number two team but Matt Schaub has got it done with. Uh, you know, guys like Kevin Walter, it, Owen Daniels too. Yeah, Owen Tight Daniels, end. and I mean, look, Andre Johnson isn't even getting that involved. So I got to yeah. go Texans three. A- Arian Foster, don't forget about it. And no, ben, you, you and can't ben forget Tate. about him. You can't forget. I about love that him. offense.
1: Number three team for me is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Woo! I, I almost don't. I almost wanted to put them lower than this because of the way they played against the Oakland Raiders last week. Their kicker bailed them out. Uh, this team is going to lose a game soon. And yeah, come on, you got to give the they, Raiders a little bit of credit. They have the bye week this week. Um, Oh, it, it, look, I, I give the Raiders credit, but at the same time, if you're a really legit undefeated team, you shouldn't have a problem at home in one of the toughest places to play beating the Raiders. Oh, come you on. just shouldn't. They beat up on the on the Broncos, and look what happened against the Raiders. I mean, that's just inconsistent. But they're still undefeated, and uh, they will but remain so for another team, week only because they have the But, but
2: undefeated team never has a scare like this? Ever. Come on. They're oh, always going to have a little bit of a scare. And I'm saying,
1: at heart, this team is they're not an undefeated, undefeated football team. They still are, but they won't. they won't be for very long. Number two for me, is a shock, and I, I, I think that the Baltimore Ravens are number wow. two. I know, it's, it's Even shocking. Even with
2: these injuries.
1: Yeah, because they have been able to overcome those. Joe Flacco's having a great season. Ray Rice is having a great season. Tory Smith coming to play. I I really like the Baltimore Ravens at number wow. two. Wow. Who's your number two?
2: Giants. G-Men. Got to go with the G-Men at two. I and mean... you're taking the
1: Falcons at one, obviously. I'm going with the Giants at one. Because... I,
2: I... Come on, man. As, I mean, let me
1: ask you this question. Okay, ask Do me. the Atlanta Falcons go into San Francisco and do what the Giants did right now? I think they could. I, they almost lost to the Raiders at home. Uh, I mean, Matt Ryan, I, know I think, you should would light give, up that I know you. Sh- I think he would. I know you should give the Raiders credit, but they almost lost to the Raiders at home. They almost lost to the Panthers at home. They should have lost to the Panthers at home. I'm saying is Matt right. Matt Ryan would light up in 3 that weeks defense. in th- in yeah 3 weeks cuz they have the this week so they will have played two extra games. I want to have this discussion again cuz Falcons they'll make the playoffs have but the they're on the decline right now. I I believe they are. So all right. Bring me in. All right, so those are our power rankings top 5. Let's talk about some injuries and obviously we got to talk about Ray Lewis. Who I Go I ahead. I'll I'll just, pretty much predicted that. I'll one. let you run with this one. Maybe
2: it was because I said it that's why he got hurt. Yeah. But Ray Lewis I said he he said he wasn't declining, and I said, "Come on, that's ridiculous. You can't say that."
1: My opinion on that is, if you are a, you know, a true National Football League player, and you have the career that Ray Lewis has, uh, it is not your job to say you are declining. I, just, I don't. I I just don't think it, it. I just I don't know. I just don't. I feel like I just didn't. I just don't want to hear that from him. I mean, I obviously I like the guy doesn't confident. think he's declining. I and
2: Obviously he's confident, but... You should be confident in yourself. The fact that you're that old and not declining, that's ridiculous.
1: Of course you're declining. Oh, He he probably is, but is he really going to go out there and say that he's declining? No, but
2: I don't think he was... I, I don't really think he was asked the question in a way where he had to say that.
1: All right. So he's out for the season. That really does affect the Reds. And Ladarius I mean, Webb. I think Ladarius Ravens. Webb is
2: a bigger impact being out because that, that run defense already had problems.
1: They're without Suggs now and Lewis in the lineback, man. That's... That's just awful. Demarco Murray is out this week. Um, Cowboys could have a problem in Carolina. Oh, no
2: way, my boy is getting carries. Felix Jones, he's your boy. Why is Felix boy? Jones? Because look at what he did at coming out of R Ar- He's he is just an explosive back coming out <laughs> of R. He's never Arkansas, gotten. He's again.
1: never quite panned out, dude.
2: Because he hasn't really gotten the the uh, opportunity. All because Deschard right. choice, for lack of a better term, he is just excuse me, the troll of all running backs. He comes in in Dallas, and he takes carries away, and he gets 30 <laughs> yards on, like, 10 carries, which and everyone's somehow impressed. And the same thing happens everywhere else. Felix Jones, he's going to have a good game. You watch. Felix Jones okay. is going to have a great game. All right. okay.
1: That's my bold prediction of the week. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, another headline here, problems in Philadelphia. They fire the defensive coordinator. After blowing the fourth quarter lead, now there's questions on the offensive side. Should Vic be benched? Man, no, there's no, problems all over no. the place in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, I don't think he should be benched either. But man, he's got to change something. Now the problem is not the defense. The problem is the offense. But it's not Michael Vick either. It's
2: it's some sort of lack of chemistry here. Look, I I think that Michael Vick, and I, I pers- a lot of people will say Michael Vick shouldn't run because he'll get hurt, and I disagree. I think that Michael Vick uh, has shown throughout his career that Look, he, he he. Yes, he's injury prone, but I think he can run and he can take hits. He and he has fl- hasn't played
1: a full season. Look he at can't at take hits.
2: Jacket. Has played a full f- season. The flak jacket's been working so far. Oh yeah, he does
1: have that. That he thing. has a that,
2: military grade flak jacket. That just that, use
1: it. That's just silly.
2: Because he's not a he's not a pocket passer, which he's sometimes forced to be in Philly. And look, I think what what do you have to lose letting him run around and and, and do what Michael Vick does? Yeah, you're right. The
1: problem is offense. They're thirtieth in the league in points per
2: game. Now, Lashawn McCoy, Lashawn McCoy, I think is one of the top backs in the league. But he just the fact that there's a, a it's a one sided attack really with just him is a, is a big problem. It's they,
1: unbelievable. They're they're thirtieth in, the, in the league in points, yet they are top fifteen in every offensive category. Tenth right? in yards, thirteenth in passing yards, and eleventh. It's because of yards. the giveaways. Yeah, because they turn the ball over, yeah. and that's Michael Vick. And Michael Vick. Guy's I got think eight interceptions. I tell you, I think he turns the season around. I really think Michael Vick is going to have a a decent end of the season. Yeah, the the everybody the the, the knock on Vick is the turnovers. I mean, he was a great player because he had a great arm and he could run the football. Now the arm is start. I mean, he still has a good arm, obviously, but he's making bad decisions. He is. He doesn't. He hasn't. The, the the now he's okay. becoming a bad decision maker. I mean, no one's ever looked at Michael Vick as a great decision maker, but he, has he ever done this bad? No, no. So. You know, I, I think we'll it, picks it up. I I, lo- I love LaShawn McCoy. That's not the problem. He's, a, he's a great back. It's
2: Vic. I, I think the uh I, I wanna I wanna well I'll let you switch gears. Oh go I'm, ahead. I'm not, I I'm sorry. I, I wanted go. to ask a question about injuries. because no, there's ahead. a big one. Jimmy Graham. Well for two really. Des Bryant questionable Jimmy Graham uh game time decision. Jimmy Graham doesn't play. The Saints could fall even farther down in that NFC South. And
1: they're facing Tampa in Tampa. I mean, you'd like to. And when, think... we get, and when we get to our picks, I'll have something to say about yeah. that. And Julian Atienza just telling me that Rashard Mendenhall is now out. What happened to Rashard? What happened to Rashard <laughs> and Isaac Redman? I mean, we were talking about. Me and Mike have talked about the Steelers' jo- running game. It, it's it was oh man, it's Jonathan Dwyer time. That's what it is. Oh man, they had they. I mentioned earlier in the season they had a guy named Rainey. Yeah, football. Rainy. Who, who? Who? was Rainy? Pulling guys out. What of, happened it, it, to Shard Mendenhall? But it's not he like Comes they're... back after a year, of, a, a lifelong injury, and and then he's out again. What happened? And it's not. But it's
2: not like any of these guys who fill in are terrible either. It's somehow they have this endless depth at running back.
1: Yeah, it's all pretty right. Pretty funny. Let's uh, last headline here. Let's talk about the NFC North. Uh, this is an interesting division. I've talked about. I've spoken about this with a good friend of mine, and from the beginning of the season, and I, I bet if he heard this, he would still tell me. It's all about the Bears. Go Bears! Bears! Are win. And bikes. he's not a Bears fan, but he just, for some reason, thinks that the Bears are going to just just win this division outright. And I just, I'm not sold on Chicago yet. Um, I will be if they can beat the Lions on Monday Night Football this week. But you know, a, a, and just when we thought the Packers were done, look what Aaron Rodgers does. So, I don't know. Who do you think? Who do you think is the best team in this division? And do you think it's obvious? Because I don't right now.
2: I think the Vikings will win this <laughs> could no, win this division. And they're
1: another team that that you know, what what is their identity? Are they, you know, are they a team that could win this division? I think so. I really do. I
2: love what Christian Ponder's doing. I think Adrian Peterson is still he's still Adrian Peterson. You still have to yeah. fear him.
1: Now he is. He is
2: Ponder yeah. is is much like Jake Locker. I thought both of these guys coming into their sophomore seasons were gonna have good years. Now yeah. Ponder started a little a little last year which helped him a little bit. Locker got hurt. But he's got he has a lot of zip on his ball and people forget Ponder can run the ball. And, and he, had a twenty-four yard touchdown run yeah, against the uh, he Niners. Can, he can be the Niners. He can be a dangerous, a, a dangerous force on this offense. The only question is their defense. And Jared Allen's been doing a great job this year. This team is really performing at a high level and quickly. Percy Harvin. Yeah. He's one of the—I think he's one of the most talented listen, offensive players in the league. He listen, runs,
1: he catches, he does everything. Me and Mike have, have spoken about Christian Ponder, getting back to him. He, you know, he, you say, oh, he, I, we, we compared him to Alex Smith. He's not a light up the stat sheet kind of guy, but he, he manages the game very well. He's doing a little bit more than that. He's completing yeah. 68% of his I passes. I think he can
2: light up the stat sheet so not in his career, but maybe, you know,
1: later in the season yeah. when they need him. Got a quarterback rating of 92. I mean, that I could tell you right now, it's probably higher than Alex Smith. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, I definitely, I over definitely four is. yards of carry. Adrian Peterson's got to get it going a little bit, I think. He
2: I mean, will, yeah, though. he is
1: still Adrian Peterson, but he's got to get it going a little bit.
2: And, uh, and their backup there, um, uh, name name is escaping. Toby Gerhardt. Toby uh, Gerhardt. He's, he's uh, only he's, got
1: eight carries. He's He's an on factor. They tight drafted end. him, they were excited about Their tight like. end, Kyle Rudolph. He's got
2: five yeah. touchdowns. Rudolph's
1: been doing well. I mean, we remember how Shanko. well. We saw Shanko we, Shanko I was just going to say, we remember how well Brett Favre. Uh, and that was under Brad Childress. Uh, but, of course, Leslie, Leslie Frazier was on that team as a defensive yeah. coordinator. Remember how well they utilized uh, Shanko. Um, all right, so that uh, wraps up our NFL headlines for Week 7. Going into Week 7, let's talk about some fantasy football for Week 7.
0: It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the top pickups of the week? Plus, start them or sit em to help you win your league.
1: And, of course, Steve Seminari with us every week. And, Steve, welcome in. Let's, uh, let's do rapid fire here uh, as we run through the uh, stardom setting for the week.
5: What's going on, guys? So this is a tough week for fantasy owners because the bye weeks are coming into play now and the injuries are piling up. So we'll jump right into quarterbacks. Last week I said to start Andrew Luck against the Jets, and he <laughs> threw for two picks and no touchdowns. But this week I think we're rebounding against the Browns. The Browns have struggled in the past defense, and against Andy Dalton last week, With cornerback Joe Hayden playing, they look pretty bad, and Cleveland has allowed multiple touchdowns to every opposing quarterback so far this year, and four quarterbacks have passed with three touchdowns against them, so I expect Luck to bounce back. I also like Carson Palmer against the Jags. Both teams are really struggling, and the Jags have been beat up by opposing quarterbacks of late, as Luck, Dalton, Jay Cutler have each had at least 23 fantasy points against Jacksonville in their past three games, so I expect Palmer and luck to be in lineups and have good we- good outings
1: all right so uh yeah i mean it's funny what andrew luck has done in fantasy i mean and it's funny what rg3 has done in fantasy what talk to me about what what you think rg3 has been able to do this year i know he's facing the giants this week but it's unbelievable i i have calvin johnson on my team and i get trade offers every day for him because he hasn't been able to put up great numbers but he's still putting up great numbers uh, somewhat good numbers he has, hasn't been getting the touchdowns but I keep getting offers, you know, from this guy as RG three, and I'm, I'm thinking I just don't, I just don't. How long is it going to last? Well, you it's know,
5: it's f- funny you mentioned Calvin Johnson because his quarterback Matthew Stafford has been heavily outplayed by the rookie Griffin. So yeah. it's amazing how well Robert Griffin has played as a rookie in his first few weeks. Obviously, it's only what five games, six games so far. So yeah. it's only a short sample size, but RG three looks like the real deal. I'm pretty sure he's leading, all,
2: yeah. I'm pretty sure he's leading uh, points in fantasy. He, yeah, he might be. I mean, 100, 100 what, 130 think, yards? 76-yard yeah, run for week. a touchdown. I mean, I'm, I'm talking yeah, about the whole season. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure he is the leading point guy. It's another Cam Newton story, really. Yeah, last it, year, Cam it's very Newton's true. Very true. Let's talk about the running backs, Steve.
5: Well, running backs, start, I mean, in terms of starting, not a household name, but, but with DeMarco Murray out, I think Felix Jones. Yes, <laughs> oh, thank you. for him, ca- Mac. <laughs> Carolina's defense has allowed six running backs to reach double digits in fantasy points with four touchdowns And Jones is coming off a solid performance against the Ravens So I expect him to keep it going this week Also, now a household name, I think Chris Johnson should be put up, put back in all lineups He's been frustrating fantasy owners all season long with only two games of double-digit fantasy points But the Bills have been miserable in the run defense allowing 8 touchdowns to opposing running backs, and 5 of them reaching double figures. So I expect Chris Johnson to break out this week.
1: Now, we talked about earlier in the year, I, I had Chris Johnson, I had to trade him. Traded him for Alfred Morris, who has done pretty solid, but uh, you don't like Chris Johnson, Yeah, I, I, I got some. No, I don't like Chris Johnson at all.
0: Yeah.
2: He's lost. He, he tries to do too much, Steve. He tries to dance around with his feet. And uh, just from a football standpoint, I really don't think he's the same back. From a fantasy standpoint... I think you know as well as I do. Just because some guy rushes for ninety yards one game doesn't mean all of a sudden oh, it's been,
1: it's it's been back. two games now. He's put together eh. some back to back So i I'm not necessarily sold either. Uh, who do you have for us uh, in the wide receiver department?
5: In terms of starting, in terms of uh, I'm sorry, in terms of wide receivers starting, I like. I said I like Carson Palmer earlier, but I also like his receiver Denarius Moore. Moore had his best game of the season last week at Atlanta with five catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. He has at least eight targets in every game this season, and he has a favorable matchup against the Jaguars this week. I also like Kenny Britt in my lineup. He's finally healthy and showed last week that he that he is back. He finished with four catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. He has a chance for another solid outing this week against Buffalo, who have been miserable against opposing receivers, allowing 11 touchdowns. So I think Britt and Moore continue to do well. That's Really? So even though Matt Hasselbeck really hasn't been doing that well, do you still think Britt? Well, Matt Hasselbeck, well, it's funny you talk about him because in terms of sitting wide receivers, I would sit Nate Washington of Tennessee okay. because Nate Washington and Matt Hasselbeck haven't connected at all. So I think I would sit, I would sit Washington and put in Britt. Now,
2: wide receiver-wise, one guy really disappointing so far, Andre Johnson. I, I have him in a league, and I, mm. I have to start him every week because he's Andre Johnson, but is he still that elite receiver? Do you
5: see him improving? Well, it's hard for a guy that's been in the league so long to start improving because Andre Johnson has a lot of, wear, a lot of miles on his body. So I don't think he's going to be getting much better because we know how good Andre already is. But Andre Johnson's not nearly done, so I expect him to pick it up. And obviously, Houston's one of the better teams in the league. They got the great running back in Foster, but Andre Johnson is still a very big part of that offense.
1: All right, let's move on here, Steve. What else do you have for us?
5: Well, let's get to some sit then. Yep, go ahead. Quarterback, I would sit Joe Flacco against the Texans. Despite getting off to a hot start in two road games, he's averaging just 8.5 fantasy points. So I would probably sit him this week against the Texans, despite the fact they just got lit up by Aaron Rodgers for over 50 fantasy points. So even though their defense is a little shaky, I would still sit Flacco. And I would also sit Stan Bradford, your boy. Yeah. Despite playing well last week against the Dolphins, 23 fantasy points, it's hard to still trust him. He has two games this season, multiple touchdowns, but three where he's failed to throw one at all. Yeah, so. he,
1: he's inconsistent. I, I actually have to start him this week because I have Peyton Manning in one league, and uh, it's a very deep league, so I bet, nobody hey, else I can pick up. Hey, I've had to start Mark Sanchez for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, it, it's, it's rough. two
2: QB league. You got the buys. Jake Locker's hurt. I'm in a mess. Yeah.
1: Right. Who I mean, would you sit at, uh, at running back, Steve?
5: I said last week to start Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, and I was wrong about that one as well. He finally needs to take a seat after averaging only 5 fantasy points a game in his past 4 outings. This week, he goes up against a tough Pittsburgh defense. Granted, their defense isn't the same anymore, but Green-Ellis hasn't proven to be reliable or trustworthy. And I would also sit out Sean Green. Despite the fact the Jets are thin at running back this week with Joe McKnight and Belial Powell not playing, I just think Sean Green had a monstrous game last week, which he did, but... I think going into New England, tough matchup, tough defense. The ball might be spread out a little more. It's going to be interesting to see how Tony Sperano calls that game. But I don't expect Sean Green to have another performance like last week.
1: All right. And, Steve, uh, you have uh, sit him for wide receivers, right? Yep. Go ahead.
5: In terms of sitting, I said before I would sit Nate Washington. Another big name I would sit this week is Steve Smith against the Cowboys. He's yet to hold in a touchdown pass this year, and Dallas defense has only allowed three receivers to score this season. So expect Smith. And Washington, that both have quiet games. Put them on your bench. So, it, now, in terms of, let's go back to running backs here. A lot of
2: bye weeks, a lot of injuries, and you got guys like Felix Jones starting. Montario Hardesty could get some carries. Who do you see uh, in the running back department that you could pick up and start? What do you think about a guy like William Powell starting for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, especially since Skelton probably going to be starting?
5: Well, yeah, with Skelton starting, obviously, now Arizona is going to look to run the ball Try to limit Skelton's opportunities being a young quarterback. But there's plenty of other running backs on the market. I think in your league, you might still have LeGarrett Blunt available, Danny Woodhead. Pittsburgh now is without Mendenhall and Redmond, so they their backup running backs are coming to play. So with the injuries, there's plenty of people available. Even in terms of wide receiver, you got Stephen Hill probably available, Donnie Avery, Dominic Hickson, Brandon Gibson. There's a lot of fines in these fantasy leagues now because of the injuries piling up, so I would check my waiver wire.
1: All right, Steve Seminary, Weekly Fantasy Report. Thank you for that. And uh, now we'll keep Steve in for everybody's favorite segment, the picks.
0: Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions.
1: Here we go, week seven. And we know the way we do it over here. The locals we already picked. And, of course, in three games, the toilet bowl and an upset. First game, Baltimore at Houston. I'm going to go with Baltimore on the road. I think uh, I know Steve just said uh, sit Joe Flacco, but I like I like Baltimore in this game. Still think Arian Foster runs all over the Ravens that run defense, especially okay. with Webb and Lewis
5: and out. Got to go with the Texans. Steve? i going to have to agree with Kenny despite the fact Terrell Suggs might be coming back. I still like Houston.
1: Mike takes Houston. Nick takes Houston. Me and Julian taking the Ravens. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati Sunday night. I had the Bengals originally. I just think... The Steelers are going to get come be able to come on. back. I know it's it's rough. The I, I, Pittsburgh has played horribly. It's, They're not going to have Mendenhall. You know, what? no changing it again. Changing it again. He's changing it. Everybody. I'm picking Cincinnati the now. No. they convinced Dalton. me. I circled, Andy it. I circled it. I circled on. it. That means I can't cross it out. Come go on. ahead, Andy
2: Dalton's the quarterback. Ben Jarvis Green. Now, as Steve just told us about, he's been bad. Come on, you got to go with the Steelers Oof. The record doesn't show how good. Steelers this don't is. have a running
1: back in this game. I don't
2: go care. Ahead, Steve. They have Ben
5: Roethlisberger. They like like Kenny said, Big ben playing phenomenal. I like Pittsburgh. Mike
1: takes the Steelers, Nick takes the Steelers, Julian takes the Steelers, Steelers. and I'm picking Cincinnati on Sunday night football. Wow. Arizona at Minnesota. Go ahead, Kenny, we'll let you go first. You on already know
2: who I'm picking. It's the Vikings. We just talked up Christian Ponder and AP's gonna have a good game too.
1: Vikings all the way. We're gonna have they go with the Fordham boy skeleton pulling wow.
3: this one. Oh wow, wow. wow.
1: All right, I'm taking the Vikings. I don't think there's any way they lose at home. Great defensive line. Nick and Julian both taking Minnesota, so there we go there. Oh, The Toilet Bowl. One team's got to win. One team's got to lose. Too bad Mike Watts isn't here. Cleveland playing on the road at Indianapolis. I I don't think there's any way... The Colts lose this game
2: I, I can't I can't pick against the Colts Especially since they beat the Packers I don't care what you say About a momentum game They still got
5: momentum The whole <laughs> oh, this season is,
1: This is the farthest thing with From a game With the Chuck Strong
5: <laughs> They got the momentum They're gonna win I'm gonna disagree And I'm sure Mike's gonna like my pick I like Cleveland I wow. like Brandon Whedon I like Trent Richardson Even with week. the
2: banged up Trent Richardson
1: yeah. yeah I like Trent Richardson too I just don't think There's any way the Colts hurt. Managed to lose to the Browns Mike takes his Browns Nick takes Mike's Browns And Julian is with me And Kenny taking the Colts Alright upset time Kenny?
2: Well, uh, I was going to go. You know what? I'm going to go with Detroit. I'm going to go with Detroit over Chicago. It's a popular one, but this team is good. They're going to improve in the NFC North. I like them. Steve, you have an upset?
5: The Redskins over the Giants this week in New
1: York. You know, that's a a great pick. Uh, That really is a solid pick. I'm also taking Detroit like Kenny. Nick is also taking Detroit. And Julian and Mike... Taking the easy way out. This is such a I, I, I can't stand this pick. The Titans over the Bills. That is just awful. Actually, you know what? That's just an awful upset pick.
2: You know, I'm going to change this. The Saints are favorite. I forgot about that. Buccaneers over All the Bills. All right, Saints. okay. Buccaneers.
1: Let's go. Can it, that, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that I one like too. The, the Titans over the, oh, the Bills. That just makes me sick to my stomach. That upset pick. Anyway, we thank Julian Atienza and Nick Legerfo on the other side of the glass. They may pick horrible upsets, but they do the good work punching the uh, buttons for us. Steve Seminari with the Weekly Fantasy Report. He's Kenny Ducey. I'm Mac Rosenberg. Week 7 of One-on-One's NFL Friday in the books. We'll see you next week. Enjoy
0: your football. This has been One-on-One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as the guys take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.